Welcome to the Help for Wounded Spirits. This podcast exists to reach those wounded and suffering through life's trials. And now your hosts, Dr. Doug Carriger and Mrs. Stephanie Wesco. with you folks we cherish the opportunity to come on and with you and so we started a conversation yesterday with my friend colton lee him and his wife melody missionaries to the solomon islands and folks if you got a mission program at your church and um uh, and, and you're already supporting stephanie and i stephanie first uh colton second me third uh make sure you get us in there make sure that happens man this is a this is what it's all about but listen folks we we want to go we want to uh, we want to go on today with this testimony. It was, uh, it's a wonderful thing to hear from somebody that came from the, that place. And you folks know that place, the drinking, the craziness, the cussing, uh, the world being upside down, being outside of God's will and, uh, finding himself as a college Bible college graduate, finding himself as a missionary, going to the Solomon islands, finding himself married to a great young lady, finding himself, uh, just ready to serve God. And, and so I want to keep that going a little bit. And now Colton's going to share. Now we, and, and don't worry, Stephanie will be back tomorrow and she'll be back for good. She's not fired upside down. She, she did have the, she did have the COVID thing going on for a while, but she's doing a lot better now. She'll be back with us tomorrow and, and those types of things. But, uh, uh, she's looking forward to it. She's pretty excited. We're pretty excited to share her new CD. Uh, that should be coming out. We're, we're still working with those who are uh, going ahead and doing the mix. Wonderful people, great folks. Uh, we're just trying to get the mix where everybody likes it. But uh, anyway, so Colton, we asked him about the Norton knuckleheaded moment to give his uh, to give his take on that. You might be a knucklehead if. So I'm going to set him up and say, Colton, first of all, it's good to be with you. Thanks for being here, brother. It's good to be here. Uh, so Colton, you might be a knucklehead if. You don't, don't pay attention to basic road signs. Come on, folks. I mean, you, know? you look up knucklehead, there's a picture of those right, people there. Right, right. I mean, there's, it's pretty self-explanatory, you know. Yeah. Dotted lines, you can cross over. Solid yeah. lines, you don't. Red, white lines, you stop at. Thick ones. Yeah. Uh, when it's not that when you, uh, when there's a yield, you know, you you have to yield to the other person. There's just basic stuff mm. that, you know, they make it real big and, you know, big signs, pretty letters, colors, yeah. you know, bright. St- there's even little images of people, what to do, right? And, uh, yeah, it's just when you... Yeah. When you don't do that, you know, you're a knucklehead. Yeah. And, and, you know, folks, I think that passes the definition of you might be a knucklehead. That's a good one. So when I also asked Colton, uh, Colton, sorry, uh, while I was talking, you know, this whole new England thing, I got to be upfront with you folks. I've repented of this new England talk, man. I I've said, God, take it from me, man. I, <laughs> I say words, all kinds of messed up. I don't think I'm sinning. I don't think you people from new England are sinning. But I got to tell you, when I listen to myself on the radio, I'm like, how can that be happening? I left there years and years ago, went in the army. <laughs> right. I mean, lived all over the world, and I'm still saying uh, Colton as Calton, you know? And uh, it's just ugly. Anyway, so here we are we're with Colton. Colton has agreed to say food that's right with God. So, Colton, tell us, what's food that's right with God? Raw tuna. But the, I'm not really just sushi. raw tuna. Yeah, some sushi. But uh, so when I was on an island in the Pacific, they called it. Uh, sashimi yeah. but then some other people corrected me as uh, sashimi 
Yeah. Either way, however you pronounce it, it's delicious. It's incredible. It's Japanese for raw fish. Dip it in the hot stuff, the soy sauce. Let that wrap right. around there. Oh. Drop it down the back of the throat. And it's incredible. Praise God for it. And uh, see, I'm allergic to fish now. I can't do that. But I had a lot of that raw stuff when I was in Hawaii. I got to tell you, I was sweating fish sauce, and that's good for your body. <laughs> I was out running the next morning there in Honolulu, and I ate so much fish the night before. <laughs> you know, we just ate so I had never had sushi before, and it was like 1988. And the <laughs> wow. night before this, Colonel brings down a platter of all this stuff and these hot sauce. And the other thing is, I had no idea the hot sauce was going to do that kind of stuff to my stomach. Yeah, It messed me up. It sounds great. It sounds great. So I was super opposed to eating raw fish until yeah. I was on a boat with a missionary in Yap, Micronesia. Yeah. And we, we caught a, a yellowfin tuna. And oh, we, that's the good stuff. We yeah. Just chopped it up right on the boat. And we started eating raw, raw tuna. Um, Did he have dip? Uh, yeah, we brought, so he had a mix, that he his, his special stuff. Yeah. And it was great. We, we had some rice and it was wonderful. Life-changing, really. You know, folks, uh, you know... It's all right to eat sushi. It really is. I'm allergic to it, and I, I'm glad that we have Colton's uh, Zoom in. Hey, if you eat sushi and you like it, you can go ahead and drop a line on Helpful Wounded Spirits Facebook page and say, I eat sushi. It's okay. You don't have to either. We don't judge anybody who writes that. And don't get mad at me. Every once in a while, I approve about 100 things that people try to write on the page. And so sometimes it takes me a month or so before I get out there. But listen, uh, so so we're on. We've been talking to Colton, and he kind of gave his testimony. So we're up at the point now where he's going off to Bible college. But I wanted to come in here. I wanted to share a verse. And, uh, you know, we started off yesterday. We're in Ephesians 4.1, and, and uh, you know, we were sitting there. We were talking, and Colton was talking about just doing it worthy, serving God. You know, if you're going to serve God, serve him with all your might. If you're going to serve God, serve him with all your intellect. If you're going to serve God, serve him with all your heart. All he wants is your heart, mind, and soul. And, and then he gives you everything. I mean, everything. And so I want to start off today, and I, I think Colton followed the rules over there in Romans chapter 12, 1 and 2. It says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable, which is your reasonable service. So that verse is saying the least you can do. So God's using, inspiring the apostle Paul and illuminating in us today that we need to give ourselves holy and acceptable to God, and that's the least we can do. He says it's your reasonable service. But then he, he sets us up in verse 2, Colton, where he says, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you can prove what is good and acceptable in the perfect will of God. Here's our problem, folks. Here's our problem. We get stuck in the world, and we kind of want to make the world happy. When we, If we ever got this right, and I'm, I'm looking at myself. You know, if, if I'm pointing at you that's by mistake, I'm talking about myself. If we could ever forget about what the world thinks, if we could ever forget about what the world wants, if we could ever push that stuff out of the way, we can serve God. So, Colton, you get this dose of Romans 12, 1 and 2, and you want to serve. You want to sign up. So you show up, and how's Bible college for a guy who grows up like that? Well, it's a total different world. It's it's, uh, it's like a world that you don't even know exists. You know, standards <laughs> and rules. You're like, what? it's it's so foreign. It really is. And... Uh, yeah, it, it, you feel like you're in you're in a different different world. Uh, there's there's different norms that you don't know as much of. I knew uh, some basic stuff because of the church I went to, but meeting people that were homeschooled and never outside of, or I mean, they just did, there's just a, uh, um, I'm, I'm, you know, I want to be kind. I have some good homeschooled friends, but they were just oblivious to a lot of stuff that you know you just you grew up in as normal. You're like, oh, that's just the world. You know, people do stupid stuff. That's yeah, that's life. You know. Uh, but yeah, it was, it was incredibly different. It was, uh, it was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So you go from, um, one eighties, 
180s. What was the hardest thing? Uh, I think the hardest thing was trying not to just conform, but personally grow. Because I think there's always that temptation uh, when you're put up to, or when you have a, a standard that you have to meet, uh, that, that when it's connected with a relationship with God, I think that there's the temptation just to, okay, well, I know what the walk is. I know what the talk is. Uh, and, and there's a temptation to do the walk and the talk, but not really have it real in your own heart. Yeah. And, uh, so I think, and still, you know, in that point, I'm still maturing as a Christian, even now I'm still maturing as a Christian, uh, to, to find that line of, okay, yes, there's a right and wrong, but I want to be right as well as do right. Yeah. I, I want my heart right with the Lord and not just, you know, have my actions follow. Right. So I think that, you know, just trying to fight that, uh, that desire to conform and not really be transformed. And, and, you know, I, I think folks, I think one of the hardest things is any time. So going into military, it was a complete shock. And so for me, um, it was, you know, all of a sudden I have rules, I have all this going on and, and I joined the military. I told everybody I'm going into military. So people stop telling me what to do, but can I tell you, it, it was like jumping into ice cold water with ice cubes <laughs> in it coming out of a, you know, a 75 degree room and jumping into ice cold water with ice cubes in it. But that's how Bible college is. It's kind of got that military structure, that military feel. So, so you're there. And, uh, I mean, were there temptations uh, for some of the old stuff? You know, I think that uh, one of the things, and I, I have no uh, issues with the Bible college I went to. I praise the Lord that God led me yeah. to the school. Um, but one thing that I do really appreciate about it is there was so much structure that you really had to go out of your way and be incredibly deceiving to go back to you know, old life kind of things. I mean, you, yeah. it wasn't going to be an easy task if you're going to try to get away with something. Exactly. So, and I really, I appreciate that. I think I needed that. I think I needed four years of that kind of structure to just really give me that, that safe environment. And that was a huge help. You know, as we, yeah. I'm not trying to get ahead of you, but when we talk about camps in a minute, but I really think there's some similarities in that having a safe environment to retreat to and grow spiritually. Yeah. That's life changing. And, and folks, I got to tell you what, you know, maybe there's something in there for all of us. And I know there's a lot of young people listening that have considered Bible colleges, has considered, you know, stepping out in faith in that. And I'm here to tell you that now, 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 Colton, you didn't go there with a million dollars in your pocket and a car and, and all the nice clothes. I mean, you just showed up, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and folks, here's living proof. You can just show up and you can just, so, so how'd you pay the bills? Uh, you know, uh, the Lord was really gracious to me in that uh, I was, or my, my siblings had not graduated college and no one in my dad's family had graduated college. So my dad said, hey, son, if you're going to, if you'll promise me that you'll finish, I'll help you with the bills. Oh, and, praise uh, God. And he, that really, what there wasn't as much of a concern that it was a Bible college, but yeah. it was just, it was a college. And the, the deal was, if you'll stick with it and not quit when it gets hard, I'll make sure you stay in. And that, that's something I look back to. And my dad's uh yeah. He, he's not with us anymore. And, uh, you know, I, I look back at that and, you know, I praise the Lord for, for that happening. Cause yeah. I think that that helped me in a large way to stay in. Yeah. Number one memory from Bible college. Chapel time. You know, there's something that is real special about having God's word preached to you each thing, each and every day. Yeah. And, uh, having, uh, that, that lovingly, that loving confrontation. Yeah. And, uh, of course you have your devotions, you have other, you know, uh, times where you hear the hear preaching and hear God's word, but having that that constant, that that's that's yeah. that's a huge deal. Worst memory from Bible college. You know, for whatever reason, I just got called out in chapel 
for uh, not not for anything bad, you know, yeah, not like any, yeah. not anything like well, weird either. either. We were kind of hoping it was bad. But, it spice right. well, up you, the show a little. You were you and uh, some other guys were a part of it. Uh, oh, praise so God! So because of the cupcake shop, for whatever reason. Oh. So my family has a cupcake shop, and uh, I got somehow the terrible nickname of Cupcake. Huh. And I I think I was called Cupcake from the pulpit over the uh, last four years of, oh, over, of college, close to ten times. You know, people like. Uh, some other friends, I don't know if Brother O'Malley's been on the show or not, or but uh, if they if they know of Brother O'Malley at all, but just a mutual friend of ours, and wow. I, you know, cupcake there, and and uh, I mean, plenty of other people. It just got somehow, some way, uh, that would come up, and uh, I, you know, I say that jokingly. I be, be careful, and I want you to know, folks, that I have never in my life referred to Colton by anything but Colton to anybody else or him. I just, and that's why we're still friends. And that's <laughs> we're there. I mean, we're tight. Now, I know the people who mess with them, but I, I didn't mess with people like that. I mess with people. You just don't mess with names. You don't mess with reputations. You, certain things you don't mess with. All right. So that, uh, okay. No, but there, I really haven't had any bad experiences. I mean, there's, you know, there's the growing pains, the struggles in yeah. the sense of, you know, people, you know. You're, you're the girls that don't like you, the guys that don't right, like you, right, the people right. who like you. I mean, all that. That whole political piece of any college is, is messy. Yeah, well, you know, in my case, it, was, it wasn't as much the girls that didn't like me. I had to keep telling them no, just because I was trying to... Oh, yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> they were lining up. Yeah, they're still lining up, but, you know, they're just hoping just in case. Uh, yeah. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I, and I'm kidding as well. But And Melody's sitting just a few feet from us. And uh, uh, Melody's the one who, uh, she, she took the hard part here, you know, she... <laughs> <laughs> By taking Colton, she has to listen to him, man. This is hard duty for her. And uh, uh, but anyway, so going back, this is what I'm thinking about. And and as we're talking to people, and we're helping people. Some of these people have children, and they're they're coming of that age. You know, they're they're saying, well, why Bible college? You know, what if I let my kids go to a state university, and then they can be a missionary, or then they can be in the ministry? And I mean, what do you say to somebody like that? You know, I've talked with, uh, unfortunately dozens of, of, of people in that transitional time when they're looking to go off to school and they sometimes have this, well, they, for they have the conviction of God leading them in their life and calling them to something. Then they have different people saying, well, look, that's just not how the real world works. Yeah. And man, some of that can be the most damaging thing to someone trying to step out on faith. Yeah. You know, I, and I, and I know it's, I, I can only imagine, you know, I'm not a parent of, of a teenager or anything like that. Doug's Doug or our Doug has got a ways to go. Yeah. Um, but I think sometimes that discouragement of oh, don't go to Bible college, get something that can make money, can yeah. be some of the most damaged, damaging yeah. words to yeah. someone trying to live by faith. And I've talked with dozens of teens that, you know, they've said, well, I want to do this. I think God wants me to do this. And then, you know, some, and I'm not trying to rip on parents, but some of them give bad advice. Yeah. And then, you know, I look back five, 10 years later and, you know, they're driving truck or they're doing something else. They're nowhere where, the, you know, God led them to. You know, and, and folks, let me say this to you as a parent, um, I, I made my kids go to Christian college. I didn't make them. I just said, listen, if you, you know you want money for mom and I, you're going to a Christian college. And they did. And uh, uh, and I, I've never regretted it. Uh, but I, I will say this, and I think this is so significant. You know, we try to set our kids up better than we are instead of trying to set up our kids with what God's will is for their lives. Right. Yeah, that's spot on. That's yeah. spot on. And I, and I think it's dangerous, folks. And, and, and I say that, and I don't mean that that we're all doing that or whatever the case may be. But, you know, I spend my life, I want my kids to do better. I want them to be paid well. I want them whatever. My kids weren't called to the ministry, but I'm thankful that they went to a Christian college. But, you know, this other thing I'm thinking, brother, is so um, you, you, 
You, hey, can, can I interject? Yeah. I, I didn't want to bash on anyone driving truck. If you're listening to this and, and you're driving truck, well, praise the Lord. But if God wants you in the ministry and you're driving truck, well, that's a different issue. So Yeah. Hey, let me tell you what. Those truck drivers, they bring the food over to my right. store. I was right. a truck driver. I used to drive around bulldozers and tanks and yeah. stuff in the Army. So <laughs> Yeah. And, man, that's those a things cooler. no springs. Yeah, that was it was ugly, man. Those old Army trucks, you had a fan. You turn the air conditioner on, you open both windows and turn the fan on. 100 degrees out, sweat pouring everywhere. You had this big circular sweat spot. Uh, eight hours a day, right in the middle of your shirt. Then at night, it got cold. You stunk. You went to McDonald's. They're like, go through the drive-thru. You're like, I'm driving a trailer truck that won't turn. You know, I mean, you just stink. <laughs> but anyway, anyway, here we are, folks. So this is, I think it's significant here. And thank you for that. And, you know, folks, of course, we don't, whatever you do for a living, praise God. Thank God you got our job. And uh, we're thankful for that. Some of the people who support our ministry, I mean, we got uh, a barista. We got people who... You know, and, and let me tell you, I think they're part of the higher calling in life, personally, baristas. I mean, oh, yeah, yeah. My peeps, you know, they know me yeah. by name. It goes like pastors, evangelists, uh, baristas, missionaries. Yeah. Yeah. I actually think it goes uh, truck drivers, baristas, yeah. uh, and all that before <laughs> yeah. it gets to pastors. But anyway, <laughs> so here we are. So so I think this is significant, you know, and again, talking about your journey and how do you know? You know, people always say, we, we talked to Pastor Miller. We had Pastor Miller on here, our friend Tony, uh, a few times, and I, I always say, this question to him, and I want to say it to you, is I always ask him whenever he comes on here, I say, you know, how do you know you're called yeah. to the mission field? How do you know, how does that come to you? Yeah, I, I think, I think to put it simply, God tells you, and, uh, and I don't want to over, uh, or make it too complex of, you know, saying there's this feeling that, well, then you do this and that, and it's not a 10 step thing. I think God communicates that to you. And then you though have to have that faith where you say, God, I'm going to take the next step. Yeah. And, and God, maybe I don't. And I think the big problem is we want all the details. Like, we, you know, we, we step inside the door, that first step of faith, and then we want the entire itinerary of our life. Yeah, we and do. And God just doesn't give that to you. Right. We want to know where the support's step. coming from, how much we're going to get paid, our bill's right, going to be right. paid, are we going to have a good car? Right. God says, hey, take the next step, and I'll be with you in the next step. And then we take the next step, and God shows you another step. And sometimes while you're taking those steps, you even make a plan of what the next 30 steps are. Yeah. And then three steps down, God's like, that's not my plan. <laughs> Go this way. Yeah. And I think we just have to keep that in mind of, okay, God, what's the next right thing for me to do? And, uh, and of course, have that sold-out mentality, I'm, that, that willingness, God, I'm going to walk worthy of the vocation that I'm called. I'm going to go forward. Um, but as far as specifics, like I, no one can tell you what's going on in 10 years. Yeah, in five years where you're going to be in 10, five, you know, 20 years. Yeah. But you got to take the next step of faith today. And, and this is what I know. And, and folks, let me say this to you. I have never seen the righteous forsaken nor the seed begging bread over there in Psalms. And I, I was thinking about that. Um, you know, so often we, we stop the joy we can have in life, the ministry we can have in life, the, the things we can do because we're caught up with wanting to check blocks. Yeah. Wanting to have everything in, in a specific thing. I was telling uh, Colton and Melody, uh, Colton's sweet wife, uh, just the other night, we had a missionary come up to a missions conference, uh, his very first missions conference, drove up in a 79 Chevy in, in 2004, and uh, we're out in uh, Tennessee. We went to this church. They didn't give us an offering, man. We slept in Sunday school. It was one of the ugliest things I ever did in my life. And Here's this missionary, happiest guy I ever know. I'm walking with him in the morning. We're having times we're told we can use the bathroom. I mean, this is the most messed up. Mi I could write a <laughs> book just about this missions conference, yeah. right? And this guy was on the mission field just a couple years later. I mean, his life was a picture of God. 
had 40 bucks in his pocket, 79 Chevy. And they didn't give us an offer. But then somebody stopped by from another church on their way to Pigeon Forge and gave all the missionaries there a $100 bill. He said, God just told me. And every missionary there gave that $100 bill to the guy with the 79 Chevy and 40 bucks in his pocket. And we didn't know it. So I gave him the $100, and God really worked on my heart to do that, and I walked away satisfied. Then people coming up and say, don't tell anybody, but I gave that guy 100 bucks. Come to find out every missionary there <laughs> gave that guy the $100 bill, every single one. And uh, so God has a way of taking care of those things. But I have never met people with more joy in their life and happiness. Uh, folks, I'll tell you, Tim Tebow, missionary kid. Uh, Steve Green, missionary kid. Uh, you know, a doctor who uh, operated on my shoulders, missionary kid. Uh, you know, listen, uh, God uses those things, the little things that God uses in our life. So, so Colton, I wanted to take a few minutes. We're, we're even going to skip the song today and talk about this. So, camp you're around ptsd camp seeing the hurting people seeing the things upside down you had actually been at camp joy where our next camp is at uh it's, it's going to be september 13th through 17th get a hold of me if you, you need some idea of how we can get you signed up you can actually go to our website it'll guide you to camp joy what do you see at camp i mean how do people get help how's that all working yeah well i think that camp is a unique ministry and that it's you know it's this controlled atmosphere uh that a friend of mine uh, puts it that it's a controlled atmosphere for the ministry of preaching. And preaching is a lot more than just standing from a pulpit. Yeah. I mean, preaching's you know, open up God's word and, and helping people with it. Right. And I think that's what you see. And there's a lot of specifics as far as, you know, how you guys implement that. But I think what you see is uh, people going to this controlled atmosphere that's camp and uh, being put in, in classes and situations where uh, they're hearing God's word opened on and taught in, in, uh, uh, on very specific matters yeah. you know, by people who know their stuff. And I think that's so valuable uh, to have good biblical teaching on hard topics. Yeah, and I think I th so too. I think that's what you find there. So what would you say now you see in the PTSD camp and things like that, what would you say was the attitude or the tempo and, and the feelings there? Uh, you know, I, I think it was overall pretty relaxed. I think it was, uh, a, it came off as a very restful time Yeah, um, as a, a time of, of, you know, I want to use the word retreat, not in any bad way retreat, but just yeah. as a time where you can uh, refocus, maybe put it that way, just a little R&R. &R and and uh, that was the attitude of it. That was the feel of it. Uh, yeah. You know, with some other camps, you know, you have like the intense, like the teen rally kind of a stuff that's yeah. like, go, go, go. And it didn't seem that way. It no. seemed like a time to, to relax and refocus on God's word and, yeah. and go away restored, really. And, and, and folks, 7,000 people have been to workshops and camps. So... Uh, I got to tell you, man, it, it's, you know, God wants to, uh, see people restored. He wants relationships and, and, and I'll tell you, community matters, Yeah, you know, and being able to go to a camp, a Christian community like that and make a difference. And, and, uh, so, so you were part of a camp ministry in new England and you were part of a camp ministry in Wisconsin, best memory from camp. I think the best memory from camp is. Uh, so you're there, usually it's a week long and you see yeah. kids come in a lot of times very hard and, and, uh, uh, you know, putting up a, an obvious wall. And I think the most incredible, incredible thing to see is that sometimes by Thursday or Friday, you know, God's really has been, has been just pursuing them and drawing them to himself. And uh, you see them finally yield to the Lord on those, on usually later in, in the camp week. And it's just an incredible thing to see. I mean, just in real time, lives changed. Yeah, yeah. Hardest thing about camp? Uh, from a worker's perspective, the work. And that's not to say that, you know, we were lazy. We're, you know, you're working 
in it in a lot of situations close to 20 hours a day. Yeah. And, uh, and that's, that's not an exaggeration. You know, if you have to be the last one there and you're cleaning up everything and then you have to get up before everybody, you're really putting in, you know, close to 20 hours a day. And that, that eats away at you throughout a summer. If it's a summer camp. Yeah. Situation. I mean, Saturday, Friday night and Saturday comes, you're sending campers home and yeah, you're, you're, you're just dying for a day. It's hard to be spiritual when you are just dog tired. I think, uh, sometimes the most spiritual thing you can do is take a nap. And, uh, that, that's probably some of the hardest things to camp. You know, yeah, I know. I think it is. You get stretched. Now, what can I, uh, so I want to go at it. We, we've talked about the PTSD camp. We're holding September 13th to 17th on woundedspirits.com. Now, I want to change this a little bit because I think one of the things, I think people have an apprehension, and I know we only got a minute left, but I think people have an apprehension about sending their kids to camp. And what are some of the safety things that are put in place? Well, you know, not every camp's the same, and some camps do it better than others. And I think that's just uh, some of the impotence is on the parents to figure out what camp does that well as far as uh, keeping their kids safe and even the summer staff. But there is a handful of, of camps that do a really excellent job of, yeah. of keeping tabs on the workers, especially the workers that are minors. And uh, there's just there are a number of camps out there that there are people who have been given the responsibility to know where people are at all times. And uh, there's a lot of organization, a lot that goes underneath the surface that yeah. is often not seen. So, you know, it's not just like, oh, yeah, you come here for the summer, you, 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 know, you stay, you do work, and we don't really know where you are. No, there's a lot of order and structure, yeah. at least for a well-running camp. Yeah, and, and that's the thing to remember, folks. Lots of order, lots of structure. And uh, I think one of the things I like about it so much is it forces especially those people who may be introverts uh, and those young people who may be, uh, you know, stuck uh, relationship-wise. I'm not talking about husband or wife. I'm just talking about getting along with other people. Yeah. I think it really opens those things up. Yeah. I, I really do, and I think that's one of the great pieces of a Christian camp. And uh, anyway, folks, you've been great to us today. We thank Colton for the last couple of days. Stephanie will be here tomorrow. And, and uh, just, a, just a good time uh, to be able to come out and spend some time here and uh, have Colton and Melody come on out to the house and be with us. And we're thrilled by that. We love you folks. Listen, take some time today. Be nice to somebody. If we can help you in any way, find us out there and help the wounded spirits. We'd love to you want to talk about camp, give me a call. I want to listen. Hey, we sure do love you folks. May God bless you. We'll talk to you real soon. Thank you. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. It is very important to all of us at Help for Wounded Spirits that you know your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Bible is very clear with a simple salvation message you can know today. First, you're a sinner, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, there's a price on sin, for the wages of sin is death. Third, Jesus paid that price for you, but God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Lastly, you must speak it with your mouth and believe it with your heart that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made known unto salvation. Simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart, and he will. Please contact us if we can help you in any way. God bless you. Thank you.
Doug and Stephanie, thank you for listening today. We hope this podcast has been a blessing in your life. For helpful resources, more information, or to donate to help this vital ministry, visit us at woundedspirits.com.